0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Wednesday, July the 19th, 2023. It is currently 1221 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And it has been inside of this studio that I spent a considerable amount of time this morning at the 2023 National Sword Conference. I mean, I wasn't actually there. I mean, I was there, but I was here. Okay, you get the idea. I was watching the live stream of the 2023 National Sword Conference, and I was Trying to keep up with everything, but day three, the morning session of day three is in the books. It is now history. It is gone this evening. I think we have two messages this evening, uh, starting at 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Central Time, 6 and 7 p.m. That will be this evening, but the morning session is over for the 2023 National Sword Conference. Day three is, well, not the entire day. The morning session of day three is Now over. Now they do have something in the afternoon called the School of the Prophets, but they don't live stream it for some reason. I don't understand that, right? If you have the live streaming capabilities and you're going to have people there teaching, live stream it, okay? But hey, that's that's me and my never-ending battle with Christianity, the church, and technology. I, I will never understand. How churches think when it comes to technology. I'm always baffled, perplexed, confused. I'm like, you've got all of these tools, you've got all of these resources, yet you choose to not use them. You choose to ignore them. Now, There's a lot we could talk about this morning in regards to, or this afternoon, in regards to what we heard this morning at the 2023 National SWORD Conference. Now, if you've watched it, if you listen to it, and you have thoughts and you have opinions, please don't hesitate to email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Now, there's some probably negative things that we could discuss I think I'm going to keep this one far more positive, but I will say this. It was kind of, it, it was kind of weird this morning. I think twice, I don't think it was three times. I think it was just twice that they had very negative things to say about podcasters. Like they really don't seem to like podcasters, especially I guess any podcasters that would offer criticism of them, which I found somewhat ironic because it's the independent fundamental Baptist. They're always criticizing Everyone, they are always condemning everyone, calling people names. I mean, like, they, they, they spent the, uh, the independent fundamental Baptist. It used to be almost like a badge of honor to be called, to be called a fighting fundy, a fighting fundamentalist. We fight, we condemn, we take a stand, we're taking, and, and, and they're in the battle. But then they, they seemed very upset that I guess some young pastors would create podcasts to possibly offer criticism of the independent fundamental Baptist movement. And I found that that like if you I I, I hate to say it this way, but I mean if if you if you can dish it out. You got to be able to receive it. Right? If you're if you're going to be the one bashing and condemning anyone and everyone, mocking people, then you've got to expect some criticism to come your way. Why are you? Why is the IFB movement above criticism? Look, I live here in Texas. Not very far from where I'm sitting today, there's a news story developing about an independent fundamental Baptist church. In fact, let me read it to you. I'm going to do, I'm going to probably talk about this in its own podcast at some point, but just to show you what's happening not far from where I am. Are you ready? Here we go. A church that supports executing gay people denies the Holocaust has purchased building following, following multiple evictions for hate speech. Steadfast Baptist Church. A congregation knowing for calling the deaths of, and I'm quoting the news article, queer people, as well as for its staunch anti-Semitism, has purchased a building in Cedar Hill, Texas, following a string of evictions for hate speech. Cedar Hill is likely the permanent home of the, wait for it, independent fundamentalist Baptist church as it now owns its meeting space and no longer subject to the conscience of a landlord. Steadfast Baptist Church is a part of a loosely affiliated group of right-wing Baptist churches led by Arizona pastor Stephen Anderson, who is known nationally for exposing, uh, exposing violent rhetoric against LGBTQ community, and Anderson is also a Holocaust denier. Now, I'm sorry. <laughs> when you got that kind of thing going on in the independent fundamental Baptist world, I don't know. Maybe instead of criticizing the world, you criticize that. Instead of criticizing or mocking Maybe young people who would create a podcast, they almost mocked them as being, you know, these po- young pastors or you know, podcasters, they can't call down the fire of God, but they can they can talk on their podcast. I mean, come on now. There's no need to be like that. If you don't like the fact that some podcasters turn on their microphones and critique, analyze, question, or challenge what you're doing... I, then maybe you don't analyze, critique, and condemn everyone else. I mean, I I, I just think that there's, it kind of goes both ways, right? I mean, it I just seemed odd that the independent fundamental Baptist world, which is so known for doing that, would be so upset with podcasters. And it was so weird that podcasting was almost viewed, I mean, the fact that it was mentioned twice was interesting, but it, it just seemed like that there was such a negative it was almost like a, a podcaster. It's almost like a. It was almost like it was a bad word, but you do realize podcasting, and it's like most basic definition. It's just it can be video as well. It's just content that is put forth, usually utilizing an RSS feed that can be a- obtained by all of these different. Um, podcasting apps. And what was funny is the, the man who's really hosting the whole thing, the, the editor of the Sword of the Lord, he stood behind that pulpit and said, hey, guys, listen to my radio show. It can be heard on Spotify. Yeah, you know why it's on Spotify? Because it's a podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast. It's just audio content or video content that's distributed, typically utilizing what is known as an RSS feed. Like there's nothing, it's just, it's just your message. Your church can, in a sense, distribute their, your sermons as a podcast. Therefore you by definition would be a podcaster and they'd be like, no, I'm a preacher, but your content is distributed as a podcast, right? So it's distributed. If you're, if that, if that one, if, uh. If the, the the editor of the Sword of the Lord, if his radio program is on Spotify, guess what? I guarantee you, it's on Apple Podcasts and probably on Google Podcast, and probably many other podcasting apps that may rely on some of the same RSS feeds that maybe Apple is using or relying on the Apple feed. I'm sorry. It's going to be on those as well. So you are a podcaster, whether you want to admit it or not. It just seemed like, like, why would you, why would you have anything negative to say about that? And why discourage young people? If you got young people within the IFB movement, the independent fundamental Baptist movement, who's using technology and turning on their microphones to talk about theology or doctrine, or maybe even to offer criticism of the very movement. Instead of discouraging them or pouring water on their zeal, you maybe how about support them and maybe mentor them or maybe offer your constructive criticism and how they do things. Right? Because, I mean, if, if they're if – and maybe churches could get behind supporting it. Wouldn't it be – I mean, look, if you're an independent fundamental Baptist – I mean, I, I, I know independent fundamental Baptists never think this way, but if you're an independent fundamental Baptist and your young people or young pastors are creating podcasts – why wouldn't you be supporting that 150%? Why wouldn't you, like, if I had a big church? Well, I mean, I mean, it, even with my church, if I had people in my church who were like, man, I, I, I want to, I want to talk doctrine, theology. I want to do some podcasting. Yeah. Like, let's say I had a bunch of college students do it. I'd be like, okay, guys, here, here's what we're going to do. We'll create your own. We'll, we'll create a podcast, maybe just for all you guys, or maybe I'll make it a part of the theology central as well. We'll create a, a system and we'll be, we'll be producing content around the clock. Hey, you can produce content from say, and you can do all of them live. You can start at nine in the morning and go till noon. Then the person at noon can come in. We can broadcast from the church. You can broadcast from your home. Let's see if we can get you the right equipment. Let's get you set up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I would be like promote, promote, promote. Now maybe we would have to talk sometimes and say, so what do you think about that episode? What do you think you did right? What did you think you did wrong? What What do you think we could do better? Like, like, work with them. Don't just like throw water on their fire. If someone is creating a podcast, that means there's a little bit of passion and zeal there. Don't destroy The IFP movement, if you can get young people involved in that kind of thing, it's great. And hey, I don't know if you realize this. I know it's 2023 and you may not catch on to this, but you know where people go searching for Bible answers and theological answers and spiritual answers? I'm sorry, they're not going to the church. They're looking online. They're searching on YouTube. They're searching on Pandora. They're searching on TikTok. They're they're using those platforms as almost their search browser. So if your content is on those podcasting apps or on those platforms, then there's a greater possibility of them finding your content and hearing your perspective. Think of it as the, you know, a free market of ideas. It's a free market exchange of ideas. You want your ideas there and that they will stumble upon it. They may see your idea versus these other ideas. They may go with the other ideas and reject yours, but at least have yours, yours there in the market space. Have it at least there. So it was just a weird, like, like who, what, did they all wake up on the wrong side of the bed and decided podcasters were the enemy? I, I just, I just don't see, I just don't understand. It's like, it's like so easy. Like, oh, that podcaster sitting in his, I'm not saying they went this way, but it's really easy for people to do this. Oh, that podcaster over there sitting in his mom's basement. All he can do is talk on the microphone. Come on now. Let's not, let's not be like that. You may not disagree with the person's viewpoint, but podcasting in and of itself is an awesome thing. And just, and I don't know why you would like independent fundamental Baptist. I, I, it's just so hilarious. We're going to criticize podcasters. Okay. What about all the independent fundamental Baptists who has radio programs? How about the IFB? Like, okay. If you go to fundamental broadcasting network, fundamental broadcasting network, there was a there was a push at least. I don't know if the, the push is still going on, but there was a push at one point in the independent fundamental Baptist world for every local church basically to have a transmitter within their local re- region. It may not only that transmitter may only reach you know twenty miles, five miles, fifteen miles, and basically set up your uh, a transmitter of the uh, of the fundamental broadcasting network in your town, so that the the programming from the fundamental. Uh, fundamental broadcasting network could be heard in every town and they would be and they would be connected to that local church. So every local church, in a sense, would have be a transmitter of the fundamental broadcasting network. Well, guess what those radio programs are? They may be not transmitted or trans. they not- may not be shared the same way a podcast is, but it's a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You're turning on a microphone and you're conveying a message, whether it's conveyed over at the airwaves or via an RSS feed on the internet and podcasting apps. It's the same concept. So don't want you to condemn all the people who have radio programs. And there's some very famous fundamentalist who have had, had radio programs? Very famous fundamentalists who have had radio. Oliver, uh, what, Oliver B. Green had his. Um, was it uh, Bob Jones? I think senior had a radio program. Um, I could go on and on. There's, there's some, uh, some other ones that are very well known. I'd have to go back to the history of fundamentalism and radio broadcast, but there were many of them that were very well known. So it just seemed like an odd thing. I know I'm probably making, obviously it hit closer to home to me because, you know, I've been, I've been trying to do broadcasting even before it was called podcasting. If if I had a microphone, I, I used to record messages on a cassette tape and then we, and guess where we advertised for people to get our cassette tapes. Are you ready for this? Guess where I advertised for people to get our, to request cassette tapes. And the Sword of the Lord newspaper, okay? And so people would e- e- email us or, or, call, or call us, and then we would get their address. And then every month or every couple of weeks, we would send out cassettes of things that I had recorded. I had a microphone with a tape recorder. Record. Stop the tape. Then someone purchased me like a tape duplicator. You put, you put the original cassette and the top. Then you could put like four or five others and boom, you hit the button. It recorded on all of them. Then we had a label, a maker put labels on it and then we sent them out all for free. We didn't charge anyone a dime. We didn't charge anyone. We were paying for the shipping. I think what there was some island somewhere someone contacted. It was like $15 or $20 to ship the cassette. I don't remember the exact number. So, um, but I mean, what was that? What was that? That, that was podcasting before there was a thing called podcasting. I mean, it, who cares how the message is being co- conveyed? Now you may not like the criticism, but, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the Independent Fundamental Baptist World, they've criticized everyone. They constantly criticize the NIV. They constantly criticize any other Bible, tr- Bible translations. That, that's not the KJV. They criticize MacArthur. They criticize, I mean, Joel, they criticize everyone. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't ever any time justifiable criticism, but anyone criticizing anyone always feels their their criticism is justified. So I know I've spent 16 minutes on that, but That, that was kind of a big, a big thing that hit me today is just why, why was that? But in spite of my kind of, what's the deal with the podcasting thing? Just, I just don't, I just don't get it. I just think the IFB world, you you know what they need? I I hate to say this. And I, I know, and I, it's like sometimes I feel like I'm trying to help them out. Create the IFB podcasting network. Oh, here's a novel idea. The IFB Podcasting Network. On Apple Podcast, you can create a channel where you can include all your different podcasts. So then you get all the IFB churches together that you you, you run with or the Sword of the Lord could, could ask people to submit their podcast, right? And you create, it may be called the Sword of the Lord Podcasting Network. Here you go. And then all the IFB approved podcasts would be a part of this network on apple podcasts you can create a channel and then all of those podcasts would be right there and then people could subscribe to all of them and these would all be from ifb churches maybe it's the preacher maybe it's someone younger you could have uh, sermons you could have you could include the sermons from your church you could include devotional messages bible study commentary news about what's going on in the ifb world uh, you could talk about the different conferences happening in the ifb world are there any books that are being published in the IFB world? You could, you could turn it into the independent fundamental Baptist podcasting network or the Sword of the Lord podcasting network. And then, and then everyone could find all of the podcasts. You could advertise it in the Sword of the Lord. You could, uh, put a link, uh, to where people could find all. You could get, make a directory. You could get a pod page for $15 a month where you could include all, oh, there's so many, th- I, I, I can go all different. I could, I could probably within about an hour, I could hammer out the entire plan. I could hammer out the entire plan in about an hour. And then all oh, you would need, maybe someone to create artwork. You could do that. Um. Then you just got to start sending out basically, you know, messages or, or just put an advertisement out going, hey, are you an independent fundamental Baptist church? Do you record your messages digitally? Would you like to be a part of the IFB podcasting network? Well, submit your sermons. Would you like to turn on a microphone in your church or in your st- study and do devotional messages or, or, uh, you know, talk about what's going on in the IFB world? Do you have any young people in your church who are interested in creating a podcast talking about... You know, the, you know, Bible or, or what it's like being a young person, whatever the case may be, and then they, the, the, the sword of the Lord could approve or disapprove. You could then possibly get all of those messages um, and be on sermon audio. I mean, you, you, I mean, there's so much you could do. I don't know exactly. I think it's about $100 a month. You could then take all of that content that's in podcasts, and then you could create the Sword of the Lord radio. And then if you have approval for music, you can add music in between the segments. You can create your own playlist of the sermons, and you can have a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week radio station. I would like, I wanted to have a Theology Central radio station. I've, I, I, the the company contacts me about once a week saying, Hey, we can do this. You can make it happen. You've got all the content. You, all you got to do, but it would cost like $100 a month. We could have a 24-7 radio station. And and I could break in on the radio station and go live whenever I want. Like, there, I, I, like, I, I just don't understand the, the animosity towards technology and not the embracing of it. Even, even the Sword of the Lord conference. Why would you not, why would you not utilize technology to be advantageous for yourself? All of the messages that have been preached, they could already be on every podcasting app under the sun. They could already be there. People could already be benefiting from them. They could be on the Sermons 2.0 app. You could have had your own Church One app and be broadcasting live. There's a million things you could do. Now, to be fair, most of the men speaking at the conference seem to be older men. Maybe they're not as inclined to embrace new technology. Maybe they don't understand it. But, I mean, I'm... I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I know I have to be, I mean, I, I, well, some of them are older than me, but I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere within their age range. And I'm by no means the technology guy. I'm just the guy who's always had a desire to try my best to put forth a theological perspective into the world, knowing that the world has a very different perspective. But I want to be right there in the, in, the, in the free market of ideas. I want to be right there with every, I want to be right there in the middle of it. So how can I do that? How can I get, how can I do that? Well, cassettes, if cassettes won't work, we were even on radio, radio, have an internet radio station. Like I've always looked and looked and looked and looked. That's one of the things I love about um, Chris Roseboro for fighting for the faith. He created pirate Christian radio, online radio station. That's awesome. I, I got nothing but mad respect for that. That's, that's amazing. He came up with the resources and he had the tools and the know-how and he did that early, early on. I, I, I wanted to, to do something similar way back then, didn't know how. Now I have a little bit better idea because now there's companies out there that will do that. So I, I don't, I, I, it was, I, I wanted to go more positive here, but now that we're already 22 minutes in, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not going to talk about the thing I wanted to talk about. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about what I wanted to talk about. But I know this. If the church in 2023 wants to get the message to the people, they have to take the message to the people. Now, I know that there's, I think there's a little bit of, uh, I think COVID messed a lot of things up. I think, I, I think here's what happened. And COVID, churches who never live streamed, never even bothered with that, started doing so. And then all of a sudden they kind of, they realized there's a negative, there's, there's a, it's a double-edged sword. Because people who may used to come to church realize, wait, if you're going to live stream everything, I'm not going to come to church. And then they stop showing up for Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night, Wednesday, all of a sudden your attendance started dry. And so a lot of people I think now are kind of like almost antagonistic, all that live streaming thing. that just gives people an excuse not to come to church. And it's w- really weird because, um, you know, that kind of that. I think it's always been around, but maybe more churches started embracing it, and maybe a lot of people who never really thought about it once the the pandemic happened started thinking more about you know what I can just stay at home and go to and listen to the sermon. I don't need to go, so I can understand why you're like, no, we got to get people back in the building. We got to get people back in the building. So so maybe we're not going to embrace all of this technology because it's detrimental to getting people inside the building. Now, but but even there, though they're still live streaming, right? They're still live streaming the conference. I just, I just, I just. Maybe, maybe it's the IFB world is always slow in embracing these. They see it somehow as embracing a modern trend. But I don't, I don't know if it's embracing a modern trend. as it's just embracing a reality that the world has now technology that you can utilize. Now, utilizing it may be a double-edged sword. I mean, sometimes I question it. Sometimes I'm like, I'll, I'll be standing in Sunday school going, oh, where is everybody? Maybe if we weren't live streaming it, they would be present. Sometimes I'll look at Sunday morning going, "Where where is it? Maybe if I wasn't live, maybe if I just cut off all live streaming, but then I'm like, you know what? If, if people don't want to show up because I'm live streaming, that's a, that's a negative. It impacts the local assembly. But just look at all the people who are listening to the live stream. Who's, who's not a part of the local assembly? Do I disregard them because I'm trying to, to to manipulate and force people in the local assembly to show up? It's like if the people in the local assembly won't support the local assembly then there's nothing you can really do other than just like I'm going to continue to broadcast and hopefully the people outside of the local assembly will be so appreciative of your local assembly because of what you're producing that they will support the local assembly like it's really I know I think it's a it's a it's an odd world in which we found ourselves because I think a lot of pastors like this this live streaming thing is backfiring on us because there are some surveys of how many people are like, they're just not coming back. They're like, I can just watch church at home. That they like the, the, the pandemic convinced them. And I think a lot of pastors are like, whoa, we, we got to be careful with this. But I think my thinking is, look, people are not going to support it. Not, I can't, I can't try to worry about all of the positives and negatives and try to create a chart and try to map it out. All I can do is put the message anywhere and everywhere. Put it anywhere and everywhere and see where things end up. See how it plays out. It may be detrimental or it may be good, but I know this. If you can reach people, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. But I think the IFB should embrace podcasting. I think they should embrace it. That's what that's my own personal feeling. And I think the sword of the Lord, since they're kind of the hub for a lot of the IFB world, Create the Sword of the Lord podcasting network. I think it could be – I would would at least listen to it. I would would subscribe to all the podcasts. I would keep up with what's going on in the world. Oh, but guess what? I'm also going to turn on my microphone and I may offer critique or analysis. So I I don't know. You, if you listened, probably 90% of you, it didn't even bother you. It was no big deal to you. But obviously, I, it's not even so much about the criticism of podcasting. It's just the overall sense of almost a resistance to the technology, almost a opposition to it or or a derogatory view of it. It, that's what that's really what impacts me the most that's what that that's what bothers me the most now i don't agree with obviously a lot of things that was preached and said but everything that was preached and said guess where i want it i want it out there i want it right there in the middle of every i want their message out there look, I can't stand charismatic theology. I always say I want charismatic theology to be wiped off the face of the earth. I understand that because I can't stand it. But at the same time, I want them to have the freedom, and I want their ideas put forth out there in the same market of ideas as everything else. And I, again, want the freedom and the ability to criticize it and, and analyze it and, and talk about it. But I want everyone to have that freedom. And I, and I just look— the Charismatics, think about this from a Christian historical perspective. Who took over t- uh, Christian television? Charismatics. Nobody else utilized it or, and controlled it the way Charismatics did. They owned it. Christian radio, it's kind of a mixed bag, but sometimes I thought more sound bi- Bible teachers were on radio more so than on Christian television, and then if you really think about it, every theological stream has tried to use it to level. Even the independent fundamental Baptist world, they definitely used radio. But what you have to see is when you see the technology changing, you got you to get there too. You can't be 15 years behind. I mean, just look at this. The, I think the number one podcast right now, let me look at it, um, I think the number one podcast right now, in, in, in the, in the in, at least in the religious world, I think it's a Catholic program. In fact, let me see here. I think it shows up number one on every chart. Spotify, it doesn't matter the podcasting app. Let me go. I'm going to go to Podorama because uh, I know I, I can get to the trending podcast easy here on this app. It's trending. I'm going to go to Religion and Spirituality. But guess what? The number one podcast on Podorama in the trending section is the Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz. It is a Catholic program. The number one podcast is a Catholic program. And that's that's almost on every app where they have religion uh, and spirituality or Christianity chart. A Catholic program is number one. A Catholic program is number one. Now, you say, so what do you do? Well, that means other content needs to be put out there. Not necessarily to compete or to try to become number one. But just so people, if they see that, they can find hopefully find your content as well, offering your perspective, maybe offering your analysis, critique or criticism of Catholic theology or criticizing the Catholic teaching on justification and talking about imputed righteousness versus infused righteousness or whatever the case may be. I think we need a concerted effort within the minds of the lay people to do everything they can to support those that are trying to get the message out there. And I think we need churches to do more to try to support and encourage that. Because a lot of Christian podcasts, I don't know if I can say that. I don't know if I, I don't think that. I don't know if I, I can accurately say that. I guess what we don't want. Do we want a situation that arises, where you kind of have this Christian podcasting world, and you have the church, and the two are almost separated, almost in conflict with one another? That would be in, that would be a weird world, right? Here is the local church. Here's podcasting. I'm not saying that would ever become a problem, but th- th- some of the comments today just made me think that way. So what do you think? What do you think the church and technology, how do you think the church and technology should function? What do you think they should be, what do they do? What does your church do? do, do what, what, what do they have set up? How are they utilizing technology? Are they in 2023 or are they back in 1997? Are they in 2023 or in 2000? Are they in 2005? Were they in 2010? Where are they? How are they utilizing it? What are they doing with it? Now you may be of, you may be of the thinking that you're like, eh, I don't really care what they do with it. It doesn't bother me. And I understand that, but I, 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 we got an email not too long ago. We got an email not too long ago of, you know, with someone talking about how All of these online broadcasts is how they've basically learned and been discipled. Well, then that just shows you the importance of getting it out there. All right. Well, this is not quite the direction I wanted to go, but it's just like anything. Uh, Well, no, actually, this is exactly how it goes, because the whole point of these kind of discussions, it's like we were in the conference and then we left the conference and then we're sitting down at the table to eat and talk about the conference. And, well, this is just what this was what if you would have been sitting at my table, this is what I would have at least been mentioning is just this kind of like, what was the deal with the podcasting comments? Now I know that I should have been focused on other things, and trust me, I am focused on, on other things. I definitely want to talk about Genesis chapter 22, which is what I had my Bible open and ready to talk about. And talk about worship, because I'm, 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 I got a lot there to figure out. But at the same time, I was sitting down in front of a microphone to talk about Genesis chapter 22. On a podcast, after just listening to people at a conference that was by being live streamed online, seemingly to speak negative of podcasting. And it was really weird because he talked about how, you know, we need men called to preach and, and and you know, people called for this or that. But he didn't seem to uh, it seemed like they didn't seem to believe that a person could possibly, quote unquote, be called. And we could get into a whole definition of exactly what that means, and what that looks like, but that someone could be called. I don't know to do theological biblical podcasting. They say, "Well, that's not an official church office." I understand. Nobody's saying it is. Nobody's saying it's a it's a church position. But could someone not use their ability, talents to communicate things of God on a Christian podcast? And instead of the church being hostile to that world, how about embrace that world? Supportive of that world. Right. Now, my church, for the most part, has always been very supportive of what I've done. I think sometimes there's a feeling that maybe the podcast becomes before the church, and I understand that that can create conflict, and that's always a difficult, difficulty in how to balance that. But I don't know. There, there's I, – I don't know if that is a I, – I, I would – I don't know. I cannot dogmatically assert – like in other words, I don't have any scientific evidence in front of me. But it would be interesting to just know what is the general overall feeling towards – Technology in the church when it comes to broadcasting and podcasting and, and, and getting your sermons out there. A lot of churches have a church website where they have some sermons on there. Sometimes the sermons are like six months behind and then, and then you'll go look and go, there's no way to download them. And then you'll immediately look for, well, where's the subscribe button? Where's my, what podcasting platforms are you on? And you can't even find one listed. And you're like, you don't even have your messages on a podcasting platform. And you're like, what's the point of putting your sermons On a church website, someone's going to have to specifically be on Yahoo looking for your church or looking for a church in your area to possibly find yours when you could be getting your sermons on every platform. Like, it makes no sense to me. I I just don't – I don't understand the thinking. Now, in some ways, I think Christianity has done a pretty good job embracing the podcasting world. I really do. I think in some ways they have. But I think a lot of it seems separate from the church. How can the two work together? All right, I'm just going to stop there. This is not the direction I wanted this to go. But hey, we'll we'll turn back and we'll we'll get it fixed. If you were listening to us on the uh, Church One app uh, and the Sermons 2.0 app, clearly uh, we lost connection a number of times because my little indica- indicator here turned red multiple times, but I did not speak of it during my discussion there, uh, because everything was working fine on Spreaker. So when I end this broadcast, this will immediately be available on every podcasting app under the sun, probably within the next one minute to three minutes via Spreaker. And then I'll take the audio from Spreaker, download it, and then upload it to the Church One Sermons 2.0 app so that you can hear this discussion without those audio Interruptions. Technology is wonderful, but sometimes they present very frustrating challenges. All right, we'll be back and we'll talk Genesis chapter 22, maybe within the next hour or two. Still trying to figure out how things are going to be working tonight at Victory Baptist Church because, well, there's a wedding and there's people who... Well, the wedding is Saturday, so they've got those last minute. Everybody's running around. So if we don't have live services there, you know where I'll be. Well, one, I'll be watching the S.W.O.R.D. conference, but I'll also be turning on this microphone every opportunity I get between now and probably around 9 or 10 p.m. So we'll see if we can get a lot of broadcasting in today. But guess what? I'm going to be turning on the microphone broadcasting slash podcasting. gotta be, is that that such a bad thing? Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great day. I apologize. We didn't actually get to Genesis chapter 22, but my microphone, this is what I wanted to discuss. If it did not benefit you, I apologize for that, but I think it's something that needs to be discussed. Everyone have a great day. God bless.